Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Never Beat. I am joined again by Rachel. Hello. And this is the series where we talk about games that I played as a kid but never beat and try to figure out why. And today we're talking about Double Dragon. I want to say this because Double Dragon is a much beloved game that deserves its place in history. It is not the first side-scrolling beat-em-up. I believe that belongs to a game called Renegade. But it was one of the fathers of the genre. It might have very well have been the second. I haven't done my academic research at this point. But I did. I recently read a book called Go Straight from Bitmap Books. That's all about the history of the side-scrolling beat-em-ups. Double Dragon was definitely one of the games that defined the genre. So before Rachel and I dump all over it, <laughs> I just want to... I want to acknowledge that I think it is possible that this game was just not for us as much as anything. So if you love Double Dragon, great. And if you think Double Dragon is super easy and you can beat it all without taking a hit, congrats, my man. Saw that video. I was very impressed (laughs) and equally as annoyed. I feel the same way about anybody who claims they can beat Battletoads when we all know you can't get past the speeder bike stage. It's not possible. And then I saw a guy on TikTok do it blindfolded. (laughs) And then to prove it wasn't fake, he had his kid play it while he faced away from it and just told his kid when to hit jump with his face away from the screen. That's absolutely insane. So... We're going to talk about our personal journey with Double Dragon. If it differs from yours, that's just how life is sometimes. Yeah. Um, It should be stated that I also picked this one. Yep. I let Rachel pick the first two. Yep. And she said, Mickey Mouse Capades and Double Dragon. And here we are. I did this to myself. The opening to Double Dragon... First of all, the NES version of Double Dragon is widely regarded as the best port of Double Dragon uh, from the original arcade version. And that's pretty impressive considering, you know, 8 bits versus an arcade. The actual, like, playing of the game is very good. Mm-hmm. The The controls are great. There's, there's a lot of combos. Yes. And there's none of this Mickey falls... Or Minnie falls off the stage so you die. Like, it... The game is well made. Yes. The opening to Double Dragon is probably one of the most iconic in video games, where just the thugs go and beat up a girl, throw her over their shoulder, and walk off. As you do. And it's up to Jimmy and Bimmy to go save them. (laughs) Uh, Just a little... (laughs) I've been watching some angry video game nerd reviews recently, and he talked about Double Dragon 3, because it is brutally hard. And I'm like, compared to one... Because apparently he can get through one no problem. What? Anyway. But there is a typo in Double Dragon 3. And in the game itself, they refer to Jimmy and Billy as Jimmy and Bimmy. And now in my heart, that's who they are. Yeah, Bimmy's vastly better. So, I approve. So, the first stage of Double Dragon is just walking through a warehouse district. Yeah, a warehouse district full of thugs and dominatrixes. Yep. And, uh... People who, when they get hit, look like a portrait of the Scream. And, uh, and a Bobo. And a Bobo. <laughs> One a Bobo. <laughs> I didn't know he was going to be re- a reoccurring character. I just freaked out when I saw him because I, I, did, I, did, I know very little about Double Dragon. And then when that was the boss, I was like, oh, okay, what is this abomination? And then the Bobo-nation keeps showing up. (laughs) (laughs) 
the members of the Abobo clan. And I will take, I'm not going to go at great length, but uh, if people listening have not heard of or have not played uh, an online game called Abobo's Big Adventure, go play it. It is, it is hilarious and a loving tribute to NES era games starring Abobo as he tries to rescue his son, Aboboy. It is very good. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Anyway, Double Dragon. Here's one of the main issues I have with Double Dragon. And maybe it's because it's one of the earliest, or maybe it's because of the NES port. You cannot successfully stun lock the opponents when you're hitting them in a combo. So I will be sitting there. You will be three or four hits in to beat the snot out of this guy, and you will take a hit in the middle of this combo because the enemies are allowed to just reach out and smack you even if they're mid-hit. Yeah, that's very unfair, especially when you're like, I'm totally winning. Wait, why is all of my health down? What just happened? So I, I don't think it's possible to get through this game without taking a hit because they sometimes just get to hit you for no reason. Maybe just great patience, which I sorely lack. <laughs> I mean, so another thing this game has is you level up. As you gain more points, you gain little hearts at the bottom of the screen, and those hearts are not health, they are your level, because as your level goes up, you unlock new moves, like the jump kick, which to me is the secret tech to the game. Yeah, um, I don't know if I should learn from these first two and read the manual before I start playing the game, or just start experiencing it like I would as a kid, because again, like you, like you said in our first episode, I didn't read the manual. Why would I read the manual? Just because, sit down and play the game, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun when you realize I can jump kick now. Wait, I can straddle knock down enemies and just beat the like beat their faces to a pulp. I can just start throwing people now. What is this? <laughs> and it just like gets exciting every time you be like when you realize what's happening, it's like, what new move did I get this time? And that's pretty that's probably the most excited I got for Double Dragon. <laughs> probably the first year or two I had this game, I did not you know you could jump in this game. <laughs> yeah. Because this is one of the rare examples. Uh, I think A kicks, B punches. I might have that backwards. It doesn't matter. Yeah, whichever. A and B together jump. And it never occurred to me as a kid to try hitting A and B at the same time for a different result. Yeah, because... Bef- that would just, just be a punch kick. That would... That, <laughs> yeah, it combined they do something entirely different just like even though it's so easy to do hitting forward twice lets you headbutt it took me forever to realize what i was doing i was just like why does he keep freaking out what's he doing (laughs) oh i'm doing that i'm the one who's just making him uh go crazy (laughs) as a kid i could never get i'm jumping ahead a little bit but i meant to say this at the beginning because i find it interesting As a kid, I could never get past the third stage. Initially, it's because I couldn't get over the bridge, which has a small gap in it, because I didn't know how to jump. Later, when I figured out how to jump, I still couldn't get past the third stage because I couldn't figure out what, how, I couldn't figure out how to get through the third stage, and we'll address that when we get to it. Oh, third stage. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, so you're in a warehouse district. Jimmy and or Bimmy going through the warehouse district fighting all these people. And honestly, the first stage is very easy. Yeah. A Bobo can be difficult, but they let you have the boss battle in an area that has a conveyor belt that's constantly running. I don't know anybody who ever actually tried to just beat a Bobo. You try to knock him down so that the conveyor belt carries his body into the pit. Yeah, which is, again, pretty exciting 
um, when I realized that that was what was going to happen. I assumed it was, but again, I don't it's have a lot of It's great when hope. it works. <laughs> yeah, when it works, that's, and when it's not you. But yeah, that was really exciting to be like, okay, yes, cool. The, the elements of the world around me might actually benefit me in some way. And yeah, most of the time, no. But that was really satisfying to see a Bobo go bye-bye. <laughs> Did you plan that? No. Okay. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of obsessed with the Bobo now. <laughs> uh, oh, and of course, right outside a Bobo's lair is the famous wall glide glitch. Where you can basically become a human elevator and just walk straight up a wall and loop to the bottom of the screen. Uh, I found that as a kid, and I always enjoyed that. And then it's in the Abobo's Big Adventure, I encountered it. And because uh, the first, this is the last time I'm going to mention Abobo's Big Adventure, I, I swear to God. lying. But the first stage of Abobo's Big Adventure is the first stage of Double Dragon, but as Abobo. And you get to the end, and there's the ability to glide up that wall in the exact same spot in the exact same way, and you end up in a Nintendo sex party. And then they kick you out. Yeah, complete with a gimp. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. And then back in Double Dragon, you go to stage two, which is the construction site, which is a little harder. Oh, that's what it was. I was just like, it's more warehouse district. <laughs> now it makes sense. <laughs> that's why there's chain link fences and like rebar and stuff oh. uh, a little bit into level 2 is where you unlock the jump kick and then this game becomes a lot easier yeah the jump kick is great that's when I learned you could like jump kick knives and stuff I felt like Chuck Norris is great <laughs> my strategy with the jump kick and this works on abobos and other bosses you jump kick at an opponent and you immediately begin to circle down and back around to get into position to do it again. The only defense enemies have against the jump kick is to duck, which just means the jump kick doesn't land. And by the time they stand up from the duck, if you immediately are moving back into position to try again, they can't do anything to you. They can't hit you. Once you get the jump kick, you can get through this game without getting hit by an enemy. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes longer because the jump kick, when it lands, knocks them down. Then they got to stand up. But it doesn't do as much damage as comboing them and knocking them down. So it does take longer. But it is a way to avoid taking damage when you're low on health. Yeah. It's not uh, cheating if it's part of the game. <laughs> uh, enemies are now throwing dynamite at you. Yeah, I didn't realize you could pick that up for a while. I was just like, oh, okay. He missed. And now I'm just going to avoid that spot. Didn't realize, hey, if you just throw it, hit, it, hit, it, uh, hit them in the face... They go down. And that's really satisfying, too. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we haven't mentioned is this game has items that you can knock the weapons out of the enemy's hands and pick them up and use them yourself. I love the whip. The whip is awesome, except I, I haven't figured out when it disappears. Like, I know there was one time where I went down a ladder and it disappeared, but then another time it just, like, naturally deteriorates. Yeah, there seems to be... I, I believe there's a point in stages where it's like any item that you're carrying past this point vanishes. Boo. Like in Donkey Kong Country, like, you know, no no ostrich past this point. No rhino oh, past this okay. point. Went for the ostrich instead of the rhino because I was like, what, what animals are in Donkey Kong Country? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> donkeys. Yes, no donkeys past this point. <laughs> the second boss. I found a neat trick when I was fighting the boss of the second area. And then just like a week ago, I learned an even better trick. 
Uh, I learned if you jump kick at him and don't move away, at least for me, and I was able to duplicate this multiple times, I was my pixels were overlapping with him a little bit. He was throwing punches and kicks that wouldn't connect. They couldn't hit me. They couldn't hurt me. But I could beat the piss out of him. So it was jump kick into his, uh, you know, into his defenses and then just beat him till he's dead. Yeah. And take no damage. The but boss, I will say the bosses, uh, I don't, I don't know why, but they didn't strike me as the end level bosses, even though they looked entirely different from all the other bad guys in the level. They just felt like another dude <laughs> for a while. And then I was like, oh, next stage, right. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because most of them are just a weird color scheme or it doesn't have that like. They don't show up and cackle and then their life meter fills yeah. up. I don't I don't know what it was, but it took me a while to be like. Well, uh, all of the bosses do come back as regular enemies yeah. as the game goes on. Yeah, that's when I realized like, oh, yeah, OK, I guess they're bosses. But because we're so super powered that not even their superpowers can stop us. I don't, I don't know. So if you really want to avoid the end boss of level two, you can. When he shows up, you just climb back down the building you climbed up. And when you reach the bottom of the screen, it moves on to stage three. And he will not follow you. He does not move unless you're on the same level as him. So once he shows up, walk back to the ladder. Soon as you go down the ladder, he freezes. And then just climb your way back down the building, stage three. But there was something else Rachel really liked about stage two. She took one screenshot. <laughs> um, I don't know why this filled me with so much glee, but the falling animation for your character is pure art. I climbed up the fence multiple times just so I could watch my dude's face. It's a face of agony and joy and it's distorted as all heck and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> apparently she fell off the same uh fence multiple times just so she could get that dopamine hit i needed it i didn't know falling was gonna be a thing which turns out later yes it is a thing um but i just wasn't sure when i'd see it again so i had to i had to preserve it <laughs> and then we get to level three the forest maze i'm not kidding rachel was given a list of nes games she picked two of them almost at random. Mm -hmm. I don't know what your methodology for picking them was. And she picked two games that had a level three forest maze that require you to break the rules of the game as you've learned them up to this point. Yep, just a gift I, I have, I guess. It is a straight path through a forest. There's a bridge you got to jump over. All of the, the previous two bosses... The stage two boss is now a regular recurring enemy. You get to what is, I thought, the end of stage three, and it's a giant cliff face, and two abobos break out of the cliff and start fighting you, and you now have to fight two abobos with no conveyor belt. Double abobo. Double the bobo. This is where jump kick is your best friend. Provided you've got the time, because by the way, there's a timer going yeah. for each of these stages. Learn that the hard way. So... This entire game is beat up the enemies, move to the right. So you beat up the two abobos, and you go to the right, and the game, the level starts over. It is a looping forest maze. Level three 
in Mickey Mouse Capades and Double Dragon are looping forest mazes. Looping forest mazes, so hot right then. I never as a kid figured out how I'm supposed to beat level three. And when I played it again as an adult for this, I could not figure out how to beat level three. I had to look online. I'm going to be honest. I wish I hadn't learned how to beat level three uh, because... As Jeff mentioned, the bridge that you have to jump over, that has never been part of the game up until this point. You haven't had to jump over holes. And I just knew that platforming was coming. And I did not want that. (laughs) It turns out, to advance in level three, to get to the second half of level three, you have to go into the holes the Obobos make when they bust out, which I thought were purely decorative. And I didn't find this out until I'd after already scrolled past the Abobos. I went online to look. So guess what you have to do? <laughs> you have to go through the whole stage again. And when you get to the Abobo holes, oh. more Abobos. Abobo blow holes. God. <laughs> so you got you to gotta beat duo Abobos again. <laughs> Super cool. I can't believe you had enough time to do that. And then you go into the holes. And this, for me, is where the game drastically changes and becomes incredibly unfair. You are now in a cave. The game is no longer beat up the bad guys, move on to the next screen. It is now an action platforming game. At random points throughout the cave, stuff will fall out of the sky at random at you. Rocks fall and you definitely die. Many, many times. Up until that point, this game is mostly strategy-based, right? It's it's skill-based. But once you introduce complete random obstacles into the game, it's now got a luck element to it. You have to get lucky to get through these sections where stuff is randomly coming from the sky. You still have some beat-em-ups, and you have moving, floating platforms. Your jump is not controllable. You hit A and B and pray. You always jump the exact same distance in the exact same arc, which makes it which makes it feel like you have zero control over the jump and you don't know where you're going to land. It shouldn't because you are going to reliably always jump the exact same distance. The problem is when you're playing, you don't really know what that distance is. You're hitting the buttons and you're hoping you spaced yourself out correctly. Yeah. Yeah, this level had me questioning my choices again, um, which I think is just going to be a common theme. It's also where I started questioning what kind of world Double Dragon takes place in. I mean, the previous map, the sky is purple and pink, and now you're entering into a cave, and the cave is also purple and pink. I'm starting to get concerned that there might be something wrong with the environment, but, oh, God, yeah. is that where they got the idea for the movie? Oh, God. <laughs> we are not going in depth here, but there is a Double Dragon movie. It is set in a semi-post-apocalyptic future where climate change has ruined the world. And Andy Dick is a news reporter, and Alyssa Milano is the love interest. Anyway, back to the game. There's not enough time. It turns out there's only four stages to this game. By the way, uh, I, I never knew as a kid that I had got beaten i i could do two and a half levels i was most of the way to beating this game there was a level and a half left they just get insanely long 
and super tricky because of the randomness and the platforming. So yeah, you got to go through this cave and floating platforms and blah, blah, blah. And then you get to... So level four is the main villain's hideout, and it starts out impossibly. This... Okay. Again. Now, okay, we have purple, pink sky, purple, pink caves. Then we have a level that doesn't look like it actually belongs in this game. I'm sorry, but this villain's hideout is absolutely insane. What is it? Why... It's just black and white stone with skulls everywhere, but then it turns into like some weird cyberpunk thing. I don't know, but yeah, the the start of this level is enough to just like raise your hands up and definitely acceptable rage quit. Up until this point, the most of the game, maybe the cave wasn't, but most of the game you have some up and down and some back and forth, some room that you can navigate. For chunks of this stage, there is no up and down. It is just you are walking left or right. That is it. That's your entire range of motion. The very opening of the stage has... The background is a series of uh, small rectangles. And they shoot out at random to take out massive damage on you. And I don't mean like occasionally. They are are constantly shooting out rapid and random. I do not know how a person is supposed to get past that without taking massive damage without just luck. I do not know how skill gets you past that, which is another thing that I found frustrating. So I will say, because part of this is how do you beat the game? I can get to the, the duo of Bobos in, the, in stage three without any artifact, no save restore states, no game genie, no nothing. I can do it in one life. Mm-hmm. Once the cave happened, Save restore states were not enough to get me through, and I had to go into the realm of Game Genie codes. And part of this was I just needed to speed this process up because this was taking forever. So I put in a code to give you one hit kills because now the other enemies were not really my main obstacle. The environment was my obstacle. So I just wanted to be able to kill enemies quickly so I could get to the parts I couldn't handle, which was the environment. Then I learned, because it was one-hit kills, I wasn't leveling up. So I wasn't unlocking all the cool attacks, like the jump kick, which I need. I need the jump kick to survive. So I had to put in another code to level up fast to address the fact that the first code wouldn't let me level up. Then, with massive amounts of save restore states, I was able to beat this game. Yeah, it, 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 it goes from like, okay, that was kind of challenging, to... I hate this. I hate everything. I thought I was doing okay. I was kind of proud of myself there for a minute, but the game had other other uh, plans for me. Yeah. Uh, also, the fourth stage completely abandons the idea of beat up all the guys to move forward because now, without telling you, there are doors that release an infinite number of enemies. You're supposed to beat them up and then run away in order to advance the game. Yeah, I, I am pretty sure, though, that this castle is where all the abobos are bred. It's definitely a breeding facility because the abobos are constantly coming out of the walls to stop you. So who's breeding these abobos? Abobo? Because there's only one woman. Well, no, that, that to be fair, there are two. There are two female sprites in this entire game. Yeah, there's dominatrix. And girlfriend. And girlfriend. So... I don't want to think about those implications. I am here for breeding habits of the abobo. (laughs) I'm going to say that the abobo are a race. And kind of like how dwarves 
have you know the females have beards too in some in the depictions Tolkien sure universe um that's gonna be the abobos as well so you don't know if you're beating up a miss or a mister abobo yes but that also means that little tiny child past you might have been getting to see lady parts oh damn because the abobos Cause are the all abobos topless are so that's exciting <laughs> they totally yeah they totally <laughs> slipped that in <laughs> nobody caught it until now Join us for more of Rachel Describes the Mating Habits of a Bobo. Uh, so, yeah, the end stage is unforgiving. It is platforming and infinite so enemy doors. I can't talk about how difficult the inboss, the next to inboss is, I should say, because I, by that point I had the cheat code on just so I could get through this experience because grueling video games are not for me. All right. I've never played the Dark Souls types. I've played a little Cuphead but it can't hold my interest for long. I've said in so many reviews that I generally play games for the story. I know that's not really what most NES games are for. It's for, in that case, you know, you have the experience. But for me, the idea of repetitively going through a game so that you can get just a fraction further and perfect it, that's not fun for me. Yeah, I'm the same way. This is, so this difficulty spike is just... It's not for me. This is the wrong genre for me. And that's why I had to use cheat codes, which unfortunately means when the guy comes out with a minigun, I hit him once and he was down. So I don't even know how hard that battle is. Um, yeah, it's not fun because you get like what duplicates and triplicates of like every bad guy that you fought. Oh, yeah. Up until you get to Willy, right? Sure. I think that's who it is. I think that's the bad guy. The guy with the minigun. We got Bimmy and Jimmy and Willie and Billy and yeah. The guy with the minigun who kind of looks like he was, he wants to be part of Kiss, but you know, totally failed out. He's really tough. (laughs) And again, this is probably like, I don't know, part 100 of, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to (laughs) quit. My hands hurt so bad from spamming jump kicks, but beat him. Great. Awesome. And then and a then legitimately, the boss. <laughs> this is a legitimately all credit to this game. It is a cool idea and it is well done. M. Night Shyamalaning this thing. Especially if you were playing this in two players, which we didn't. We should have tried this in two players. I think that might have been fun. I don't think we would have beaten it, but it could have been a fun experience. Or we wouldn't be sitting here recording this podcast right now. So I don't know how many other two-player games are even on the list, so we won't revisit. But something for the future. Whichever, if when if you're playing it in one player, you're playing Jimmy, and after you beat the guy with the minigun, Willie, shooter Willie, I guess, uh, Bimmy comes out and he's the end boss. If you're playing in two-player, nobody comes out. It is now up to Jimmy and Bimmy to fight each other. For who gets to have the girlfriend, which is weird. It's it's weird. I mean, this was the only thing that I knew about this game. And I think that's just because it was so groundbreaking at the time. Like, that, that's so new. Even, like, now, like, the only other... I, I know, like, Castle Crashers did does that. But I can't really think of a lot of games where it suddenly turns you against each other. Um, I know there's a couple, like... There's, like, a Star Wars one where yeah. it's Anakin and uh, Kenobi. Oh, yeah, and then there's um, that two-player where we have to break out of jail game. I know there's that one, but it's, like, still really, like... This is really impressive. Uh, yeah, 
and you don't see it coming. In our JRPG reviews, we talk about surprise bosses, and that's definitely what this is. Although, to be fair, the idea of a surprise boss is the whole time you think the boss is X. We're going to get X. X is the boss. He's the big bad. What do you mean I have to fight Y? And as opposed to this one where you're just like, I just got to get to the end. I don't, know who the, I don't know who these enemies are. I don't know who the boss is. All right, guy with a gun. Cool. Oh, cool. I beat the guy with the gun. Why, why do I have to fight my brother? Yeah, the implications... Aren't great. Yeah, because even if you're doing it on two players, it's like, well, was your girlfriend... I don't know her name. Mar- Nobody does. Marley Meredith. Marley Meredith is signed. Yep. Marley Meredith. Um, so is she actually seeing both of you? <laughs> is she actually, you know, is she in love with Bimmy and not Jimmy? Is I, she in love with Jimmy, but Bimmy's going to kill his brother to steal the girlfriend? That my head canon now with? is the two of them beat Willie together. They turn to each other and go, <laughs> all right. It's time to save my girlfriend. What do you mean your girlfriend? <laughs> hey! And then the fight began. I just like that you said they beat Willie together. Um, but the other worrisome <laughs> thing is if you did just play it... You're 12. <laughs> yep. Um, if you did just play it one player and your brother now comes out, is he the actual leader? Was he the mastermind of the whole kidnapping thing? he's in the room where your girlfriend is. Mm-hmm. And if you beat him, and, does that And mean... then there's sequels where they fight together again. Yeah. So if you beat him, do you become the leader of the... What are they? Black-eyed snakes or something? I thought you were going to say black-eyed peas. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is you're just beating Ferdy and Will I Am. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy with the gun, Will I Am. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I don't... I don't... Oh, we're getting punchy now. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. It's it's weird, but it's also amazing. It's really fun. And then yeah, you suddenly return back to a normal looking world. Like she's now just in an apartment that she was being held in inside this massive inside this fortress. Mass- yeah, massive like death metal slash cyberpunk fortress. But there's like, it just looks like a normal like apartment. But there's like a cat there. So it's like, did, he, <laughs> did the bad guy or your brother? buy her a cat to placate her or like has she secretly been living here all along because she looks really comfortable i mean she's just taking a nap before you show up so you pick two games in a row with a level three forest maze <laughs> and the end of the game is you interrupting some lady's nap yeah. <laughs> leave the women alone they just want to sleep girls just want one thing and it's disgusting <laughs> it's sleep <laughs> Yeah, it's, and then, you know, okay, you get a nice little kiss from your pookie and game over. Or your brother's pookie, depending. Or your brother's pookie, yeah. Whichever canon you want to believe, I guess. So, there's a lot of good aspects of this game. First of all, the first two and a half levels, I think, are great. Yeah. Uh, Then I think the very nature of the game turns, and it's not the experience I've been having. And I don't like that. And this is not a genre in which I'm great either. Uh, the occasional side-scrolling beat-em-up I, I kind of enjoy, but the, as soon as they introduce all the platforming and... No. No. This is not for me. This is not a bad game. I, uh, Ma- Mickey Mouse Capades is kind of a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not a bad game. It is a very hard game. Yeah. But I was impressed by the graphics, the just the sheer 
uh, like number of combos and moves that you unlock. Like it wasn't just punch kick, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, as soon as it gets to just turning into a platformer, it is not fun. It's not fun anymore. But I will say, I mean, I had never played Double Dragon, but um, I... Now you have. Now I have. But I was super obsessed with, like, Streets of Rage growing up. And I was like, oh, Russ lady. is a big Streets of Rage fan. I was like, oh, there's the whip lady. Oh, there's a guy with the bottle. Oh, there's a guy with the knife. Yeah, give me the knife. So it was nice to be like, okay, well, I obviously see the correlation here. It's not very well hidden at all. But This it was is a, the granddaddy. Yeah, it felt familiar, which was exciting for being something new to me. So uh, that's that's going to be the end of this episode, but uh, Rachel and I will return. I'm going to pick the next two. And uh, if if the <laughs> next game has a stage three forest maze... Or a sleepy lady at the oh end. Oh, God, I think it might, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Cries in a, a bobo. Adobo. Cries in a bobo. Cries in a bobo. <laughs> yep. You know this game was really fun until it wasn't. <laughs>